All right. What's up, everybody? Look at the little small Jerry. Get out of here, Jerry. Good afternoon, everybody. We're dealing with a little bit of technical functional dis, dis, uh, issues over here, but it is a standard Simply Cyber Live episode, so you can expect those on the regular. Let me go ahead and bring chat in here and welcome everybody to the stream. What's up, Lacey Cochran, Thomas Walsh, Michael Torres in the house, Paula Terranova. Always a good time with Chris Colombo, Harish Kumar. Good to see you guys. Guys, we've got a banger of an episode today. If you're new here, Simply Cyber Live is the weekly Thursday afternoon Eastern Standard Time cybersecurity uh, themed uh, live stream where we bring in industry professionals to tell their story, share their journey, whether they broke into the industry, whether they're an expert who's been in the industry for like a million years and they're just dropping knowledge bombs on us. We have it all. And today we have a delight for you. So please settle in, get comfortable. Everybody's like, oh, what's a day in the life of the GRC analyst, Jerry? Oh, what's a day in the life of the incident responder? Well, guess what? A day in the life is so 2022. It's 2023. We're bringing the heat. It's now all about a night in the life. And you might be thinking, what the hell? What are you talking about? Like, we're going out for drinks, Jerry? Not yet. That's later on in the month. What we're doing on stream today is talking with Jess Bishop and hopefully Stacey Loki about what it is to work in a sock. But on the night shift, now you might be thinking like, what the hell, isn't that, what's the difference between that and the day shift? Well, we're going to ask Jess and Stacy about it today. Think about all the, all the, all the, all the elements of it, right? A new shift, new sleeping pattern, family, friends, and loved ones. How do you interact with that? What's your um, established routines? Is the work good? Is it harder? You know, threat actors do like to prey on people during graveyard shifts, during skeleton crews and holiday times. I don't know. I'm personally super excited to find out all these questions and, and all the answers associated with them. So let's stop futzing around. If you have any questions for our guests today, standard practice is to precede it with a cue. Um, Carrie just did it in chat right there. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, proceed it with a cue. I'll know it's for uh, me or for the guests. I'll bring it in. I'm going to let them do most of the talking, but we're going to have a good time. When you're done with this show, you will know very clearly what a day slash night in the life of a SOC analyst is. I'm going to go get Jess. Let's go get her. All right, Jess, how are you? I'm good. How are you, how are you today? <laughs> I'm great. Let me bring our names up on the stream so we can see those. Now, Stacy Loki will be joining us. Uh, she didn't. She I, she's ran into an issue and will not be able to join us right this second. But I am expecting her to join. So, Jess, you're carrying the pail of water right now. Explain to us, Jess, how long have you been working in a sock and how long have you been on the night shift? Um. Well, I've been working in the sock since July, and. I've been working night shifts since uh, August, I think. I guess mm -hmm. September time frame. So not that long, but long time. So <laughs> feels well, like an still, eternity sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say still four months is pretty solid uh, for that. And I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check into that. But so if you've been in the sock uh, for about a year now, right? And this was your break-in role into the industry, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I guess tell 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 us, Jess. Is being a SOC analyst all that all it's cracked up to be? Is it what you thought it would be? Before we get into the night part, let's just let's just yeah. talk about SOC analyst in general. What do you think about that as a role? Um, so I mean the SOC's gonna be different for every business, every 
every place you go, the sock's going to work a little differently. For me personally, I work for an MSP, so we support lots of different customers at night and during the day too, obviously. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, the for for me at my level, I'm basically going through, I'm reading alerts, I'm investigating those the best I can. Um, if, if it turns out it's going to take a lot of time, I'll pass it on to a SOC too. But my, my job's pretty good about letting us, if if we have the, the bandwidth, to just investigate it ourselves. And I think that's really cool. Um, so, you know, you, you go through and, and that's what you basically do. I, and I know to some that might sound boring, but it's not. Like, I am loving it way more than I thought I would. Um, Initially, I started wanting to get into pen testing like everybody else, and I still would love to do that. But I think the SOC is a perfect place for anybody to start, um, especially people in, in a career change, because you don't realize how many processes are just in every tiny little Windows, you know, program. Every Everything that fires off, you're like, wait, this, 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 and this are a result of this. And so working in the SOC gives you the opportunity to see that all the way through. And I think that's really cool. <laughs> that is exceptionally cool. Now, I want to bring Stacy on stream with us, our other guest of uh, a sock night in the life. So we get really great perspective. Hey, Stacy, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good. Yeah, we, we just got started here. We were, we were talking, I was asking Jess about what is her experience with just working in a sock? Is it exactly what she thought it would be? Is it slightly different than what she thought it'd be? This is before we get into the nightlife uh, business, Stacy. So uh, I'll throw the same question to you because it is a really good one to get perspective. You've been working in a sock for about a year now. Is it what you thought it would be? And how is it different than your expectations? Oh no, it's a completely different. I think, um, especially from when I was trying to break in, I think everyone at the time that I was following was trying to break in. And so we only had this kind of antiquated idea of what the sock was. Uh, it's like a terrible quality of life, terrible experience. <laughs> don't want to work there. Like, so I was like terrified when I was like dog hunting, I was like, I don't want to work in sock. And, um, but like, you know, like all of us, we just want, want a break. And so when I finally took it, um, I was present like, pleasantly surprised about uh it's not quite as scary as um some of those og uh <laughs> sock analysts make it be make it out to be definitely intense um but i don't know i, I wouldn't trade it for the world i i, well, I love being a sock analyst well let, let me unpack that a little bit there so like what what's one ex one example where it was like here's a story or a myth and then when you get there you're like that's not true um okay well it, it, so I think you hear so much about alert fatigue and that definitely is a thing. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like you definitely need your breaks or whatnot. Um, but for me and I work in the MDR, so, uh, my tech stack is varied. Customer base is varied. Um, but it's, it's still exciting to me. I mean, it could be just, I'm a new, I'm a new, still a new analyst in my mind, you know, <laughs> like I love like picking up network alerts, endpoint alerts, sim alerts, uh, it's it's the variety you know like i think it just wasn't what i thought it was i was gonna die in the monotony of life you know mm -hmm, and of mm -hmm. uh, working in an mdr um was no there's variety there's different things to get into um and then especially too as you focus on new goals your focus kind of changes on your side hustles of things that you're you're studying and things that you're trying to um gain experience and relate it to your work so i don't know it wasn't it wasn't near as terrifying as, you know, just 
the you know grind daily grind that you see and um probably hear about from some of the ogs of security <laughs> Cool. Well, you know, I do love myself some sock too, but I, I, you know, I'm probably not the right person to ask about anything because I'll take any role in cyber and be like, this is where I'm at. Right. Um, so Jess, let me throw it to you. Ben Howard says in chat down here, oh wait, this Anna Lynn's jumping in on the, on my clicks. I, I like literally went to click and Anna Lynn, Anna Lynn jumps in. Um, ben Howard says the night shift is for zombies. So Jess, is that a true statement or what is, 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 is the night shift for zombies? I don't think so. I, you know, I mean, if you allow yourself to get that way, it definitely could be. But there's there's ways ways to get around that. I mean, you keep active, you keep a good sleep schedule, you keep hydrated, you know, keep a good diet. You, you just you make it work. And like with everything in life, your outlook is how it's going to be. If you think it's going to be terrible while you're on night shift, it's going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. If you roll with it and see all the good things to it it's going to be awesome um you know it is hard to kind of function during the day sometimes when friends and family want to go do things um but you have to keep doing them because you can't socially isolate yourself either. so I, I... <laughs> yeah no I, I agree and like so just to kind of follow up on that Annalyn says it's all about mindset uh and and by the way chat i do see all your questions coming in we've got great attendance we're about 80 people right now uh, I'm queuing the questions up. Jess and Stacy will be getting to them. Um, Jess, um, what, so I, I can't relate to Sock Night Shift, but I in college I was roommates with a guy who was a chef, and he basically, you know, food and bev life is basically like 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. and they they kind of like rolled together like the, like they had their own social network because you get out of work at 2 a.m. Like you're not going to go wake your buddy up to go out for beers at three in the morning. But they roll that way because they so do you find that the night shift has its own kind of social ecosystem or or do you have to kind of like or do you find one or do you have to like do what you said before about kind of managing your sleep and trying to live kind of two lives? Um, a little bit of both. Uh, back when I was in the army, uh, I worked night shift then, and it was different because it's in person, you know, I, I wasn't married at the time, um, you know, and we were out doing things at all hours of the night anyway. So it was easy to find that, that group of people, but for me, I work remotely, um, and working night shift, there's. You know, you have to kind of like when Stacy posted that she worked night shift, I was like, this is awesome. Somebody else I can talk to at 2 a.m. when I'm really bored. <laughs> well, that's a good that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> that is. What about you, Stacy? Same question. I mean, did you find that your uh, social life kind of took took an impact or did you have to make adjustments? What was what was the impact of that? Yeah, it's kind of uh I think living to two worlds because um, during my shift, during my shift time, I am keeping those hours. So I'm like waking up at seven and, you know, drinking my coffee and whatnot. But then the days that I'm off, I'm going to bed at 10 p.m. I'm waking up at seven. Uh, that's the way I've made it work. I know some other analysts I've talked to said, don't do it that way. It's really draining. But um, for me, it's just like, you know, I have kids, I have a husband, I have, you know, people that I do want to interact with. So um, I think it's a bit of a double life situation. Um, and you definitely do kind of fall in and find people who are working kind of a weirder hours than you. 
um, to, you know, commiserate with or to just like catch up with, talk nonsense with, um, because it can be isolating uh, working, you know, at night when it's dark, when everyone's asleep and it's just mm -hmm. a world. Yeah. And I'm going to start getting into the questions in just a second, but let's talk about the workload. Um, and I think there was a question just in a, a moment ago. Uh, I don't know where it is right now, but what's the workload like on the night shift? Is it heavy? Is it similar to what day shift would experience or, you know, is it, what, what's the workload like? Um, so for me, it, it varies. Um, so, uh, Again, MDR, we have, we just expanded recently uh, to like Europe and whatnot. So our customer base is really varied. So I think um, it is, it can be quite as intense as day shift, especially because there's not quite as many people on nights. So you are having to pick up the extra load. Um, but then, you know, on the reverse side, a weekend's kind of still a weekend. Um, so I think it is, it is, it varies, um, you know, and then with the holiday gamble, it's either going to be like, you know, it's, it's feast or famine. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's or it's like a huge exploit rants, you know, it's, it's never, uh, it's never, you can never tell. So. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Good to know. Jess, we got a question specifically to you in chat here from Rashina. She wants to know what your IT background was. And, and, and I would assume in how it relates to your ability to execute work. Can you share that? Uh, my IT background is uh, study. Like I, I did go to, I got my bachelor's degree um, in computer information systems. Um, besides that, a lot of it was self-study uh, because, you know, my IT experience I did have was all home labs and stuff before I started into this, but that was like late nineties, early two thousands. So as you imagine, technology's changed quite a bit since then. Like I remember when they were bringing out the first USB drives and it was like, Oh my gosh, you have portable storage. This is really cool. You know, and, you know, you remember, so, you remember, uh, you remember zip drives and or jazz drives. Remember those? Yeah, you know, yeah. It was all like this. Wow. This is really cool. So a lot of it was catching myself up on it. Um, mm -hmm. but, you don't have to know everything. And by that, I mean, like I studied it in school and I did self-study and I went through a lot of Kevin's uh, stuff, but reading it and doing it's another thing. And you can't appreciate it until I feel personally, until I got into the sock, it was, I knew the stuff, but I didn't know the stuff, if that makes sense. But once I could apply it, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what this and this and this mean. So, my IT yeah. background is not an IT background. <laughs> no, that's good. And, and you know, this is partly, like for those watching, this is partly why practical skills are so coveted by employers and why they reign supreme right now in, in the job market. Because, you know, you can read a, a 50 cookbooks, but that doesn't mean you know how to make good food, right? But if you go work in the kitchen you you can apply your skills and understand and appreciate it and then complement it with what you've learned in the book. Um, and, and I think it's very similar to here. Uh, following up on that question, and I'm going to ask you, Jess, first, and then Stacey, I'll be coming to you afterwards. Uh, it's from Lane. So it covers your whole face up, Jess. So I'll have to read it and take it down. But when you took the position, right, was there a lot of training and onboarding to help you get up to speed? Or did you did you already have a knowledge base to start or, you know, how did it complement? Like what was the training onboarding and expectations? Um, for us, we had, we start with a minimum of three weeks of training. Um, and that starts on day shift for, for my company anyway. Um, 
And it really depends from there because some customers have different systems we need to get access to and they take a little longer to get us access to it. So we might stay on that training shift until they get around to getting us access. Um, and that's nothing we can control. That That's all on customer side. Um, so yeah, I mean, my work is really good about taking people who don't have a lot of experience and getting them up to speed um, because they know, mm -hmm. I mean, Yes, you should have some kind of knowledge before you start because, like, I could see it would be floundering completely blind if you hadn't had any at least base kind of no knowledge about it in a way, um, if that makes sense. Like, I was on LinkedIn for about a year before I started, year and a half, um, just learning from the whole community the whole time, as well as my school. Uh, so... I don't know what it would be like to start completely from scratch. And I could see that if you knew nothing, it would be really, really hard. Um, well, and, and just as a follow-up question, you know, when you're interviewing for a SOC analyst job, right? Sometimes there's a tech screening. Sometimes there's technical questions. Um, you know, what's the balance of what you should know for the interview versus what you're expected to be trained you know, I guess from kind of the employer's perspective, you know, can you comment on that or? Um, a little bit. I know because I did some interviews before this place and a lot of it was like the basic questions that you have on your introduction to SOC video. Um, you're interviewing for SOC or whatever it is that you had. Oh, SOC analyst Q&A. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot yeah. of what they covered was on that. Um, but I think it's yes. important to have a base understanding of all that not like a deep understanding you don't have to do a deep dive into it quite yet but understand it a little bit be able to talk about it and while you're interviewing if you don't know something be honest about that be yourself and do not because if you if you can't explain something that's going to be the one thing they're going to ask you to really explain um <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, throwing it to you, Stacy. like what about you and, and the onboarding and the training and your, you know, in, in your IT background and how that played in kind of that whole um, issue? Yeah, so I think um, I was supremely lucky because um, my company is a startup. And so some of their processes and procedures were still in flux and getting uh ramped up where I like the onboarding process now is pretty streamlined. Um, there's like week by week things to check off. You know, it's almost like a scavenger hunt alerts to look for, uh, you know, people to interact with. Whereas when I was onboarded, I, it was essentially a one-on-one -on -one with my manager at the time. So every day we would do like alerts together and whatnot. So it was, it was not conventional in the least, but um i i cherished it and i think that's what happens when you like work for a startup you know there's not as like i don't know clear defined roles everyone's trying to like fill in where the gaps are needed um and then uh kind of to jess's point uh you know you're expected to come in with a background you know to know tech essentials to know security fundamentals so that way when you see it out in the wild at least you have a baseline you know and at um at excel they really uh 
stress having like, you know, a strategy going into working alert alerts. And so I think that that was the main thing, you know, to orient, strategize, collect evidence, analyze and record findings. That's like hammered into my head about like, you know, that's the steps that I need to do when I triage an alert. And um, that's what they mainly focused on because the tech stuff, you know, that's, that's, that's constant. You're there's, always updates to like either you know query language or you know there's new tech getting onboarded kubernetes there's just it's just constantly involving but if you had that good that good mindset and strategy going in which is what they hammered in i feel like you know they gave me the baseline and now i can i can do the extra study to uh, succeed when it comes to new tech and whatnot. I love it. Let me answer a quick question really quick here for Lacey Cocker and Lacey says and Lacey there is no dumb question so don't sweat that uh, is there a difference between cybersecurity analyst and SOC analyst? I'll just tell you, uh, SOC like cybersecurity analyst is probably the most generic term. Uh, so a SOC analyst would be a cybersecurity analyst, but a, SOC, a cybersecurity analyst wouldn't necessarily be a SOC analyst. You can be a GRC analyst. Uh, like typically the term analyst associates with anyone doing things that are less like building stuff or super dirty hands, like more analyzing things, right? Analyst. And engineer is the other one. So it's cybersecurity analyst, cybersecurity engineer. Engineers are typically like configuring things and in in you know setting things up and stuff like that. Okay, you guys, I just want to let you know uh, we are there's like a million questions in chat, which is coming in hot and heavy. So what I want to do, I, I didn't expect this, which is awesome by the way, guys. Um, let me ask you guys the question that is the um, title of this show, and let you answer that so people get that answered right, and then we're gonna go uh yolo on all these questions because there's a million of them and they're all good and i want to make sure so stacy tell me tell me what tell me what like a typical night in the life of a sock analyst is for you give us some real truth oh gosh typical night um so on a good night i will say like the way i start my day is being able to sleep until 7 p.m and that's when I wake up. Um, I wake up and I start to get my my dinner. I usually get dinner beforehand. I get my coffee on deck. Um, I get some snacks. Like I have to have my set aside predetermined snacks. If I don't have my snacks, then I just it's a free for all. Then I snack all night and it's terrible. And then I log in. And one of the things that's helped me kind of sane during night because you kind of lose track of time. I mean, it's it's dark, you know, there's no one, there's no like uh, signals, like social signals. You don't have people coming in and out. Like, you know, it's hard to tell the time sometimes you just get buried in, you know, your work. And so like, I have little checklists on my, on my calendar that like, you know, ping like, okay, review this document or okay. Like, you know, check these meeting notes are, so that's helped keep me sane. Um, but I mean, it, it varies so much. I truly, I truly like it. One of the things I've made, we have shift handoff and I've made that my own thing. So I really enjoy putting that together all through the night. I take a break from the alerts and I'm like, okay, let me see what's good stuff that, you know, day shift could really needs to know about. I think that was actually some advice that I got on LinkedIn is like document everything. And I think that's been good. So that way my day shift knows like, hey, these are the alerts I'm struggling with. They just keep, we need to, you know, put in a suppression or they're really noisy. Can we talk to the customer or whatnot? Um, because again, too, it's the rest of the company is asleep. So, you know, some of that like day-to-day -day, uh, checklist and office management stuff has to be done you know, during nine to five. So I've definitely gotten way better at documenting things and about staying in tune, checking meeting notes. Um, and then honestly, the, the hardest hour for me is probably about three to four. I'm just like, usually that's when I take my lunch. 
And in the beginning, I was like asking other analysts, I was like, how do you guys not just crawl into bed and just like stay asleep? Dark. And it's like, you know, you're, you're, you still have a couple more hours after that. And I think that was, that was a big hump for me to get over. Um, and so luckily I was able to adjust my sleep schedule. So I was sleeping until seven. And, um, and so now it's, it's not as bad as a, as a temptation to go crawl into bed, especially working from home. I mean, it's right there. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, but all in all, then, you know, I, I wrap up and my shift handoffs already prepped. And so, uh, when it's time, when morning shift starts rolling in, I can go ahead and post that for them, give them the rundown and, and I'm off. And usually I, I hit the gym afterwards and I try and stay up until noon. Um, that allows me to sleep longer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I tried going to sleep right after shifts, but that was terrible. I kept waking up. I couldn't get enough sleep in. So I tried to stay up until noon so I can get a decent, a decent amount of sleep. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of a, a messy rundown of what nights look like for me. No, it's excellent though. Um, and when Jess comes back, we'll ask Jess what her, what her deal is. But I think, you know, I think you perfectly portrayed expectations, the, the, the truth of what it is, some of the challenges that you encounter. I think it's great. Um, chat seems to love it. Tom Pike, Tom Pike's here. Tom, I thought you lost our, our phone number, brother. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, right. He's finding right now. Um, yeah. So I, Unfortunately, I have not worked the same shifts as Tom yet. We work at the same company. I keep telling him he needs to come join me on night so we can hang. Um, but he doesn't seem to want to make that transition yet. So hopefully after hearing this this talk, he'll want to jump on board. And, and yeah, he'll night. realize that night is where it's at. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's bring Jess back in and I'll throw the question to Jess. And then we're going to start going rapid fire through the uh, questions submitted from chat. Chat, keep sending those questions and they're, they're great. You guys are all great. Uh, we're about to crest 100 people here in, in the stream with us. Jess, what's a typical night in the life of a SOC analyst uh, for Jess Bishop? Um, for me, uh, when I first get on shift, um, because we're a smaller company right now. I mean, we're growing. We're growing fast. But when I first get on shift, I have I, I do 11-hour shifts. Um, I, know somebody, I saw somebody ask that before, where they, how many days a week do you work? So I do the four days a week with that, um, which I love the three days off. Uh, but for me, when I first got on shift, I have somebody on with me for a few hours and then probably about four hours in the middle of the night, I am by myself. Um, and then after that, you know, after that four hours, the next shift starts rolling in. Uh, so for me, it's a lot of, when I first get on shift, I catch up, I take care of, like Stacy said, any of that admin stuff that needs to be done, um, that, it's helpful to be able to sit through and work through it. Um, and sometimes you have to come back during the day to do it <laughs> because some right. people just start up at night. So I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, it's really about managing my time. Um, I found when I work days, you can go through each alert and you can respond to it one at a time. You can, um, and for me, I personally like pulling a bunch of alerts from the same customer around the same time so I can see if there's any patterns going. Um, so at night, basically what I do instead when I'm on my own is I go quickly through alerts and I don't respond to all of them initially. I, I do a quick check. I'm like, okay, this process was blocked. This is blocked. This is blocked. I'm okay here. And once I get through the entire queue, if all of it just looks pretty normal and okay, then, then I can go through and start 
pulling alerts and responding to them. Now, if something seems weird for a customer, because um, I've made a post about this, one of the things I really enjoy is getting to learn kind of a customer's norm, like the, the behavior for their, for their organization. And so you know when something pops off that is weird. I mean, and at that point you gotta decide, okay, do I need to start making calls or is this something that can be handled right now? Um, and, you know, unfortunately you gotta make a lot of those calls at two, three in the morning. Of course, everything happens at three in the morning when everybody's asleep. Of course. Uh, so you <laughs> not be afraid to pick up that phone and call a total stranger and say like, yo, your system's uh, something funny going on. What's going on with this? Um, you know, but you have to have answers for them first because nobody wants to be woken up at three in the morning with, a, I think this is what is happening and you can't answer questions. So, you know, from there, at that point, I get a hold of our on-call people. Um, mm -hmm. We do have on-call people. Um, so I pull them into it if, if it looks serious. And we just kind of go from there and, take it how it needs to be. And there's sometimes you can't get a hold of anybody because, you know, some people sleep through alarms, some people sleep through phone calls and you have to be able to be comfortable with making a decision at that point. Um, mm -hmm. Like I'll give it a couple of weeks ago, I could not get a hold of anybody. And it turns out the customer recently had changed some of their people and had not updated our call list for them. <laughs> And so I ended up calling somebody who wasn't even at the company <laughs> and they're like, uh, no, I don't even work there. Sorry. So at that point, I was like, okay, I got to quarantine the machines because this looks serious. Weird stuff is going on. I'll, if, if it turns out to be nothing, I'd rather be safe about it at this point. Um, and so you have yeah. to be comfortable with that. You, you, just, gotta, you just have to. <laughs> you just throw the band hammer down Jess and shut it down shut shut yeah. them all down shut <laughs> you know to Jess's point I think one of the biggest benefits to being on nights is being able to gain that like confidence yes you have to you have to be like you're right if you're going to wake somebody up well then I need to scope and I need to tell them what looks weird what I found the actions I've taken and why I'm calling them and like during day shift it's so easy to just like turn to like a senior and be like hey does this look weird doing mm -hmm. night shift you don't you don't really got that. And so it definitely makes you problem solve in a whole new way and be concise in just uh, a way that you didn't necessarily have to be on days. And so, I mean, I feel like it's a huge area that allows you to level up and like, you know, a safe, a relatively safe environment. Cause you do have those seniors on call. You do have those people to turn to. I have fellow analysts who I work with at night. So I'm, I'm a, a luckier there. I don't have a solo area, which is terrifying Jess. So you're so, you're so bomb and boss to be able to do that. <laughs> um, but no, I think, I think the biggest benefit is, you know, you gain so much confidence doing this at night. I love it. Brandon Poole's in chat. Uh, Brandon Poole, longtime Simply Cyber community member and also just great guy. Uh, he, he's actually was the guest on Real Truths of Sock Life, a uh, video on my channel, if you recall that. He just wanted to say that you both are awesome, uh, Justin. He's clearly talking to you two, by the way. There's no, there's no question. Um, the Night Shift in the Sock is the most underappreciated group within the Sock. So interesting. Do, do you feel that way? Like uh, when, it, when it comes time to hand out uh, trophies for Sock analysts and, and like giving out uh, like catered meals for the for the groups uh, is the night shift getting uh slighted in any way or maybe you guys don't want to say that because you currently work there 
<laughs> um, no, I want my company to know. No, I'm just like, <laughs> so I think, I think it happens a little bit by like, just, it just, it just kind of happens because we're not, we're not there. And so it's a little bit of out of, out of mind, out of sight, but yeah. you know, when they do talk about us, they hype the hell out of us. And it, it does feel good to get to see those accolades, like whether it be like, you know, on the company pages or whatnot to see like, Hey, you know, they, people do see what we do, you know, like people are going back and looking at our documentation or our drops to the customer and, you know, thinking we did a cool job. So, you know, that they're always appreciative, but yeah, we do miss out on like, you know, the pizza parties, the cool, whatever. (laughs) Oh, well. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So guys, it's uh, we're about 35 minutes into the stream, about halfway through. Are you ladies ready for some rapid fire questions? Let's do it. All right. So we're, we're just going to go down. I'll, I'll give like, unless it's like something, it'll be like one for Stacy, and then I'll switch and go to Jess and stuff like that. Okay. So starting from the tippy top, uh, Carrie basically it says it a long way, but Stacy, he says that basically he's being told he has to start at the help desk to get into cyber, to get into a sock. Is it true? Is, is, does he have to get that help desk experience? Uh, my truth? No, I started right at the sock. Um, I, Everyone's journey is different. There's no straight path. Um, so at least for me and my journey, I did not start at help desk. It would be so much more helpful if I did. I'd know all those processes <laughs> what like are truly supposed to look like if it's admin activity. Um, I think that's like the, especially at night, it's constantly, is this admin activity or is this like my heinous evil going on right now? Um, so I think working at help desk would definitely be beneficial, but is it a end all be all? No. Okay, good point. I think I'll do two. Um, two per person and switch. So Dallas wants to know from like, what's a good pathway to get into the SOC? He suggests CCNA cert, foundations, entry level jobs. It kind of pairs nicely with this help desk thing. Um, you know, I guess, what are your thoughts on a good, a good career path into the SOC? Um, again, I think it's it's truly one of the great things about cybersecurity is like, you know, they're, maybe it's a good thing and a frustrating thing that there's not these boxes that you have to check, you know, because so many people have the boxes checked and like, you know, it's still like, it's kind of like up to luck and like opportunity if you land that role. So always I say networking, I think I've come from a place of yes, I didn't want to be a SOC analyst when I um, was approached to apply for this job. Uh, but if I imagine if I would have been like, no, nah, I don't want to be a SOC analyst, I wouldn't be here. So yeah. you definitely need to come from a place of yes of whatever opportunities, especially when you're trying to break in, come your way, whether it's GRC, whether it's SOC analyst, um, whether it is help desk, I just think come from a place of yes, get in and then, you know, pivot, grow, you know, gather up all that opportunity and you use it to your advantage. Love it. Uh, Jess Bishop to you is, is a uh, sock life, like a call center life where you have cues and you're waiting for alerts to show up, or are you actually allowed to threat hunt? For us, it's more like a call center. I mean, we don't actually get the calls in most of the time. It's all on computer, but we work with so many different systems and so many different big name tools in the industry. There's just, it, I've worked at a call center for, I would never do that again. This is not like that. I mean, if you make it like that, I guess it could be, but there's so much to do with the need to learn and you can really get into rabbit holes. So I love it. <laughs> All right. That's cool. Oliver asks, and I love this question, uh, Jess, how could one look for a SOC analyst at night shift positions, considering that most people would prefer the work in the day. So if, if you guys, which you guys are doing a compelling job right now of selling the night shift at the SOC, <laughs> It, how how might one approach trying to get that role, that night shift role? Jess. 
I know when I was interviewing, um, when I was interviewing, all of the interviews that I had were for, they said, hey, we have this graveyard shift position open. So for me, I, I found, and maybe I'm to run into all the jobs that we're interviewing for graveyard. It seems like a lot of places are interviewing for that position because it's not as desirable. Okay. Oh. Okay, for a second you were you were kind of chunking out there, and I wanted to make sure that we didn't lose you. Um, yeah, maybe I I might even say okay. you know you, J Jess, you correct me um, if if this is incorrect statement, but you might even want to mention in the interview or the first one that like you're you're interested in the night shift or you you'd be open to the night shift because I feel like that might be something that you know, is, is a limiting factor for many candidates. And if you opt into it, you might even seem more appealing as a candidate. Thoughts. Um, so G Giants of Africa asked Jess, uh, can you be a SOC analyst remotely? I, I think that's a pretty quick answer. Yep. Jess, can you, yes. can you work as a SOC analyst <laughs> remotely? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, Stacy. Amber's got a question. She's a high-functioning autistic person. What's the what what is a career path to go into sock from retail? So I guess maybe putting the high-functioning autistic piece aside because I'm not sure if 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 you're qualified or like if if that's something you know about. But if you were in retail or have you met anyone in retail that's gone into the sock? What do you have any thoughts around this question? It's very specific. Yeah, it's super. In fact, I like I literally just watched your video about somebody pivoting from retail into cyber. So one, uh, go watch that video that Jerry did. <laughs> very concise, and she hustled, and she like. Anyways, it's a great video. You just should definitely watch it. But I think like transferable skills, um, like you can really lean into. You have to work with the public in retail, and I think uh, a soft skill that is overlooked by people trying to pivot in is your communication whether it's through documentation, communicating with your colleagues, communicating with your boss. I feel like if you can really hone in and, you know, communicate that you are a communicator, that is a solid skill that a lot of analysts, current analysts don't really have because um, they're, most of the people you meet in the SOC are really just tech oriented, they're grinding. And so if you can, if you can sell your communication skills with your background, I think that that's an area you can lean into. Um, again, the ways to pivot in very uh, networking is always a huge one that I push. It can be awkward and embarrassing and cringy and tough, but push through it because you can meet a lot of really cool people. There's communities like Jerry's out there that are super supportive. Even if you just throw comments in his videos, you'll, you'll start to get to know people and then they'll start to post jobs. Like it's a real thing. It doesn't have to be just like cold messaging someone. Can we have a one-on-one? -on -one? That's super intense. Don't start off like that. You could, there's other there's ever other avenues to, to ease your way into networking D definitely don't d yeah definitely I, I had that conversation earlier today in in one of these videos of elementary teacher to cybersecurity, and we were talking about how to network and um i accidentally wasn't recording offline privately i was live didn't realize until like halfway through the interview and so we took questions from the audience as well uh but agree 100 percent. really quick want to shout out um brandon pool uh again brandon's such a great guy but he threw a 20 dollars super chat into into the stream and said great job everybody you guys are crushing it genuinely appreciate that um let's keep on grinding these questions like i'm telling you chat's like out of control with questions today <laughs> Um, okay, so we already asked, answered Lane's question about training 
Um, so, Stacy, what type of schedule did you work? Was it like 12 hours shifts, five days a week, or the more common four days, three days? We, we heard Jess's. So what, what's your shifts like? <laughs> um, so uh, I work uh, three days off. What's that, four days on? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I just got off shift okay earlier. <laughs> so I'm still adjusting. Thursdays are always kind of wonky for me because it's like, do I sleep? Do I stay up and just push through it? Um, but yeah, so I have three days off. Uh, I appreciate it. it's 10 hour shift. Um, the way at my company, you don't stay on the shift forever. It rotates. So, um, you know, I'm not going to be on nights forever if I don't want to be, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll head back to my days or mids or whatnot. So there is variety, but I do appreciate having the three days off like Jess. It, it makes life nice. Yeah. I, I love, I, I had a job where I, they called it nine eighties. So you'd work five days, uh, nine hours a day. And then the next week you'd work four days, nine hours a day. And then you'd take that every other Friday off. And it was like the absolute best. Yes, um, yeah. totally, totally. Totally love it. So what but what I heard, Stacy, was that Tom Pike will have to do a night shift rotation at some point. That's what yes. I heard. Yes, yes. I'm hoping it's his next round because um I wanna stay on I wanna do another round of nights. I, I'm I'm hooked. I wanna go ahead and do it another round and I'm I'm hoping he uh, he gets voluntold maybe that he should do one too because it would it would be fun. We haven't worked a shift together yet and um, we always kinda miss each other. Uh, so it, it would be cool to work with him. All right. Okay, cool. We got to have to go rapid fire. We've only got 16 minutes left to stream. And chat, all chat's doing today is, <laughs> is firing questions out. Jess, how do you manage your work-life balance? Um, intentionally. Uh, you have to be very intentional about it. Um, I have found, like, when I first started, I'd find myself just wanting to sleep all the time or lounge around, but you can't do that. You just, you have to get yourself moving. You have to, I have kids. So like Stacy said, I can't just be in bed all day and be like, okay, whatever. You know, I, I have to get out I have to do things. If I, I do stay up at nights, even on my days off, uh, cause I don't want to get back into a day shift schedule for three days a week and then switch back to nights. Yeah. But yeah, you just have to be very intentional about it. You have to set yourself a schedule that works for you. You have you have to get sleep. You have you cannot just go without sleep. Um, <laughs> and yeah. you know, you just if you have a partner or a spouse, you have to lean on them for some of the time. If you're a single parent, you're gonna have to get some childcare so you can get some sleep. You just you can't go without it. Uh, so prioritize your sleep and then build everything else around that. <laughs> All right. Interesting and great point. Uh, you got to prioritize that. Anna Lynn wants to know, Jess, how do you handle alert fatigue or, or do you suffer alert fatigue? Um, I do because, you know, unfortunately in this day of cyber insurance, I I believe some people, some some companies get, you know, SOC services or security services to check the block. It's hard to get them to tune their systems. Um, so you do have to, for me personally, I will find a different type of alert to work on, or I will get up and stretch and move around, or I might go through and group a bunch of alerts and say like, hey, customer, we've had this and this and this happen. This has been happening every day at this time for, you know, this many months. Can we tune this? You know, it's just, it definitely can happen. Um, you just kind of have to work through it. Take some time to study something else for if, if your company allows it. Um, do some self-learning, do some, just 
get get yourself away from that computer for even five minutes sometimes and and come back and just do it <laughs> love it so yeah stay fresh stay stay sharp keep you know mental uh, uh, agility as, as they call it um Stacy Harish wants to know any you know any tools recommended you got one or two tools you might point a amateur or a, a novice to okay so I don't know about like specific like tools because TechSec so wide and I don't want to like shout out a company I'm not <laughs> but well, maybe, I mean maybe that's the answer it's not necessarily a tool recommendation yeah no I will say like some of my favorite uh resources are our blogs you know that sounds that sounds so cliche but like you know uh CrowdStrike has some really great, um, one of the things I like looking about their blogs is, and this is totally a corny answer and probably not the answer you're looking for, but you should go look up their um, their threat actors. They have killer art for their their groups. Like um, Fancy Bear, their Fancy Bear art is just wild. It makes you hype to learn about these, these threat groups. Um, Red Canary has also really great blogs. I read one about process injection and they compare it to Harry Potter and the polygame <laughs> and it just makes it fun. And then on YouTube, some of my favorite people, um, Tom knows this because I talk about it all the time, is Katie Nichols. She does a ton of yeah. miter stuff and she just makes things so approachable. I'm constantly rewatching her talks just because it's just really great fundamentals to, you know, you can't ever get enough of those. So I kind of spread it all around. Um, I don't do too heavy into learning, but I try to keep, you know, updated of what's going on. And then, you know, I'm always referencing the blog post when I see something weird. I'm like, I know this. What should I be looking for? And so that's kind of how I, I love it. So Katie Nichols for Simply Cyber Live guest. Check. Noted. Yes. 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 Definitely. Yeah. I love it. So, um, uh, Jet, or excuse me, Stacy. What kind of things would you put in your resume when changing careers to SOC? And this is from Amber, uh, our retail to cyber. So she's watched the video. She's executed on all the things in the video on how to go from retail to cyber. Now she's getting her resume dusted up. What would you recommend she puts in there uh, targeting SOCs? Um, you know, I feel like people are really big on like actionable items. Like, so like, you know, if there's a tech that you're familiar with, put that, if there's a project. I mean, man, if you have like a GitHub full of like, you know, things that you've written, code that you've written. Um, I mean, any examples and links are, I think are, are your friend. People are gonna wanna see that experience, even though you don't have that experience, however that look like, whether it's write-ups for, you know, half the box. Um, if you can try to put that in like real life examples of whether it's a blog, um, whether you are have an online presence, you know, link that, that, that really helps. Um, but again, I'm gonna go with the tried and true method that you've gotta stay networking. So that way someone sees that resume, you know, and it's, it's kind of a bummer if you have this hyped up resume and then no one really gets to see it. So mm -hmm. stay networking, stay networking. Yeah. And just, I, I know it's you guys is the show and I'm just here to facilitate, but I, I, I do want to interject for just a moment and point out that it, it like to Stacy's point, it is absolutely critical to network. And, and the, what I always like to say is like, I tell my students this at the Citadel, like, I don't care if you're the smartest kid in this room. If nobody knows that the, the middle of the pack is going to get the job. Like we don't live in a meritocracy, right? Like there's some elements of meritocracy going on, but for the most part, you know, nine tenths of you can all do the job. So yeah. you being the smartest one and the best to do it, doesn't matter if nobody knows it. So don't put all your eggs in that basket and being like the uber elite person uh, because you're 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 actually sacrificing more value by not taking time to engage and network 
with community. I, again, I didn't mean to interject or step on your guys' interview, but it's just oh, so important. It, it, really, it, it really is. And it's such a game changer because, you know, that it sucks because people put a lot of pressure on that resume, but it's such a small part of it because you're still going to have interviews. You're still going to have like technical questions thrown at you. And yeah, you do need to have a solid resume, but it's not the end all be all. And I definitely think there's other areas that if you lean into can really change the outcome. Yeah. So another question for Stacy. I think this might be a loaded question. And uh -oh. if you don't feel comfortable answering it, Stacy, we can definitely move on. Tom Pike wants to know, what's the future look like for you? Are you planning on continuing to work at Expel or move on to somewhere else? I mean, I mean that's not exactly how it reads, but that's how I'm reading it. Yeah, that's how that reads. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, it's just funny because, so, um, again, me and Tom work together. We work on opposite shifts. And so he's constantly someone that we're, like, goal checking each other. We're like, hey, what's going on? What certs are you studying for? What things? So um, he knows I'm kind of in a place of, like, I don't know what to do next. My immediate goal, I want to hit career, which is the next level. I'm currently an associate analyst and I want to hit career level. And I'm hoping to make that sometime this year. And then he knows I'm kind of like, I don't know what to do after that. Do I go into management? Do I become like a senior? Do you know, lean into IR? So yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of poking at me because he knows I'm, I'm really conflicted about not having a solid game plan after this. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, good question, Tom. Uh, Carrie wants to know, Jess, if um, if he wanted to get experience in SOC, what would he need? You know, maybe a suggestion on, you know, a lab or a tool or a book to read or something like how might you get a little experience in the SOC? Um, you know, anti-siphon training has some really, really good trainings for this. Um, and the nice thing about the anti-siphon trainings is a lot of them are a pay what you can. Mm -hmm. um and so they make it affordable for people and they they truly do i mean when i they did me a solid one time and i still i, I still need to give back for that i'm just kind of saving up my cash for it but you know they, they 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 cover everything and in their labs they include everything you need to be able to do the things they 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 have some vms with some great tools loaded on them they i would start with anti-siphon training personally i i just love them Right. Um, and their range is fantastic. And, you know, for me personally, though, like like Stacy said, when I started, I didn't want to be in the sock because you heard all these horror stories about how boring it was and how terrible it was. And, you know, so at one point I was like, I need to focus on study because, as you know, it's easy to get spread out when you when you first are trying to get in. I'm like, I want to do I want to do pen testing. I'm just going to study for pen testing. You know, I am tired of being all over the place. I don't want to be in a sock, whatever. So after I started focusing on pen testing study, you know, because somebody I'd been networking with saw everything I was doing with that. They're like, I think you can do this other job. You want to do it? I'm like, yeah, because like Stacy said, passing up that foot into the into the industry would be really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, agreed. A hundred percent agreed. At so minimum, Carrie, get, get the one get the one year experience, right? Yeah, Carrie, just find something you love about cybersecurity and study the heck out of it. It doesn't matter, you know, what it is about cybersecurity you love. Focus on an area, study on it, put out your stuff about it, and talk about it. I mean, so it'll catch somebody's attention. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, just to share a personal story, my very first job. So like breaking in because I was a complete idiot. And like when I graduated college, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to beat back the offers with a stick. And in reality, <laughs> I, I didn't like really push myself or do extracurriculars because I just thought 
a computer science degree was a golden ticket, which it wasn't. So I'm like lugging, like literally this, this like, you know, 120 pound soaking wet frame is lugging bricks around and doing construction, which sucked. And uh, I like got a job uh, interview and we get to the final, they're like, we want you, like, what's it going to cost? And I'm like, well, I've done all my research. And at the time, $41,000 for the area and for the space and everything was totally reasonable. I'm like, well, I've done all this research and analysis, like pu push my glasses up my nose. And I'm like, I think 41,000 is an average median salary for this role. And uh, they're like, all right, that's really cute that you think that we're going to give you $26,000, right? Which is like gross. And, uh, and, and the, the president leaned over. So it was like a small business. The guy in charge, he leans over the table. He's like, listen, he's like, I, I, you're, you're doing construction right now, right? Like you clearly want a, a corporate job, right? He's like, and you're not getting one because you would be doing it already. So what I'm giving you is $26,000 and you'll take it because you know, you need this job and you'll probably work here a year and quit because you need the experience in order to get a different job. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I think I'll have to think about it. And like the whole drive home, I'm like the motherfucking, it's so weird. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was wicked terrible. I took the job. Um, I took the job. Um, I quit one year anniversary, got a, a much better job right afterwards. But hey, save, s silver lining. Uh, it's not tidbit Tuesday on the daily cyber threat briefing, but I will share. I met my wife at that job. And um, you know what I mean? So like, you know, it wasn't all terrible. She was clearly the best part about the job. All right. This isn't about me. All right. Um, Jess. Um, uh, IT Sorceress wants to know what your furry friend thinks of your night shift schedule. Oh, he he's very, they're very calm at night and they usually are asleep and I've got another big one around and they love it when my husband goes to bed and then he, my, my dog loves it when I go to bed too. He, he, he gets like double sleep and he loves it. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I love it. Um, Stacy Truthsayer wants to know, can you get in the sock with just a sec plus cert? Okay. I feel like, I feel like I'm getting these, like these questions that I aren't fair to people because I don't have my security plus. So, well, no. um, so the, so the answer is, uh, yeah. yes, you could, because yeah. you can do it without one. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely, you definitely can. Um, I don't have my security plus it's like on the bucket list this year, not because I need it, but just because. I don't know. It just, it feels like a box I need to check for personal reasons to get that security plus. Okay. Good, good point. Uh, I love it. Um, Stacy, what position, and you kind of spoke to this earlier, but what position would you like to move into after being a SOC analyst or is that still TBD? Yeah, that's still for me. It's definitely to be determined. Um, you know, we have some great shift coordinators um, that kind of like man the comms between us and other teams. And then we have, really cool seniors who get to work um, and do more forensic stuff, which is exciting, but a totally different career path. And then because I'm in cyber, it just kind of opens up the door to a lot of other opportunities, you know, outside of Excel. So honestly, I don't know yet. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's a hard, it's a hard one, especially, I mean, you've, with all due respect, you've only been um, doing it for a year, right? And you love it. So, you know, focusing on now and, and, and doing the best you can now. Um, Stacy, uh, Shane wants to know, was it a hard transition for your family life? Um, going in to do nights. 
I, yeah, I would assume, yeah. Okay, uh, so for nights, it definitely has been an adjustment, but I still, um, my shift starts at nine, so I, I usually, you know, I can still eat dinner with my kids, I say goodnight to my kids, and then on the flip side, I'm there in the morning and I wake them up, <laughs> I wake them up <laughs> in the morning, so I'm still like, you know. Um, it, so it definitely is an adjustment, you know, they have to deal with me sleeping during the day, although with kids, uh, kind of like my kids are older, they're in middle school, but I mean, a shut door doesn't really mean anything to them. They'll just come in. <laughs> That's so, so true. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, they, they kind of, you know, respect the fact that I need to sleep. But, you know, honestly, um, their lives hasn't, <laughs> hasn't changed much, unfortunately. But I think that goes with just being a parent. You know, you kind of will always uh, uh, catering to, to the needs and and you know responsibilities that that are there but it has it has been an adjustment everyone's been you know solid and on board but like jess said you have to be intentional with planning your days off you can't just sleep you have to make sure you're planning for activities and whatnot and and sleeping accordingly okay i 100 love it we're getting close to the end here unfortunately um i do think we're gonna have to schedule another uh, like, I mean, there's just like, there's just like 75 questions that we haven't got to. Um, yeah, I know. So, um, Jess, a question for you from Adam. Uh, what about during peak times, like holidays? Um, you know, is it, it, I don't know if you've worked holidays yet. I mean, was it particularly active or inactive? You know, you hear horror stories that threat actors prey on holidays, right? I think, I think it's all a roll of the dice. Um, they can be or it can't be. So... Yeah, because I was prepared for it, but it was slow personally. But it really depends on your customers and you know what's going on on a political landscape, what's going on, and you know target lists. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how the threat actors choose their targets, but you know, it, it's really it's really just to roll the dice. <laughs> Um, all right. So I guess not, not, uh, the holidays aren't particularly, uh, they could be hotter. They could not, but it's, it's not really mm -hmm. relevant to the day. Uh, Nick Barker would like to I, either start a channel together or start your own channels. Apparently Nick is not happy that I'm, I'm cr <laughs> that the stream has reached its, uh, uh, it's one hour threshold. Uh, normally, normally we go late, but I am making dinner tonight for the family. So, um, nice. Let me, so let me just put it this way to chat and to everybody and to, to Jess and Stacy. First of all, I genuinely appreciate you guys coming. Second of all, uh, if you are interested, I would love to have you back to continue um, the conversation and answer all of these questions. Uh, it's just, there's an amazing amount of them. Um, but as I like to do with my guests and you guys are spectacular guests and, and get all of the trims that come with the Simply Cyber Live guest experience, I will give you the floor uh, for final final thoughts, final sayings. Jess, I'll, I'll let you go first, and then Stacy, I'll throw it to you. So, Jess, final thoughts for everybody as we uh, wrap up the show. Yeah, I mean, it is what you make of it. You have to be intentional with everything. Um, I did see the question a couple times come through about you know keeping visibility in the company, and that can be hard or not hard. I mean on the plus side at nighttime, you're pretty much in focus. So if you do something awesome, they're going to know. Um, you have to be intentional with connecting with your coworkers too when you work night, if you don't have a big shift. Uh, you just have to make sure that you get in there and, and let them know you're there and make good notes and pass those on and keep balance with your family and your own personal life too. Because I mean, as much as I love cybersecurity and the job, it is a job. I have another life. I make sure I have other hobbies. I make sure I have connections outside of cyber and it's it's just good to find that balance. 
All right. Let me do this. Thank you, Jess. Well put, well spoken. Um, uh, compartmentalization, making making things in your life pri that are priorities, maintaining that they are priorities. I love that. Miss Stacy, soon to be YouTuber, Miss Stacy, uh, throw it to you. Final thoughts. Um, well, just like, thank you for having me on. And, um, you know, I was really intimidated at first when I, when I was, you know, approached about, Hey, you think you're ready for night shift? Um, but honestly, it's been, it's been a really cool time for me to mature as an analyst. Like Jerry said, I've been in the MDR for about a year and I mean, I can feel my skills just like leveling up all around. It's, it's led me to have more independence, more confidence. Um, you know, I've made the effort to, like just said, you definitely have to make the effort to communicate with your peers because, you know, and to stay active. So that way they know, Hey, Stacy's on night. Um, but this is an experience I've definitely treasured. Um, so if you get assigned night shift, or if you're told in the future, Hey, you think you're gonna have to do around a night, I definitely encourage you to approach it like an opportunity and take it as one. Um, you know, this is your chance to really grow in a safe environment. So take advantage of that. Um, this leveling up only comes at night. So you guys got to come on night shift. I love it. A, a really well-placed, uh, subtle advertisement for night shift <laughs> sock work with Stacy Loki. And you can check in with Tom Pike in the next two to three months and find out how his night shift is going. Uh, over there at Expel. All right, chat, this is going to uh, do it for the show. I do want to remind everybody, if you did not know, oh boy, this is kind of big and awkward. How do I, how do I, how do I make this look less big and awkward? No, that's not an option. Yeah, that, that, that works. So down here is the daily cyber threat briefing. Go ahead and check it out every single weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time, except starting next Thursday, which would be 10 a.m., which makes it absolutely confusing for me to say this in a short read. So come check out the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing where we go through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day every single day. And I provide my analysis. Plus, Jess is there. Stacy shows up from time to time, but I think it's because she's on night shift. Um, <laughs> and uh, we have a good time and, and network in there. So go check it out. It'll be definitely worth it. I do want to thank all of you uh, for being here today. Genuinely appreciate your questions. I know we didn't get a chance to get to all of them. That doesn't mean that your questions weren't important or very good. It's just that um, <laughs> there's just so many questions and so little time. We will, uh, well, I will ask Jess and Stacy if they will come back for Night in the Life of a Sock Analyst Part D or Part 2. Maybe I won't do that again. Um, and we'll have a good time if they can come on. Bring your questions. Thank you all so very much. You guys have been wonderful tonight. I genuinely appreciate the love and support you deliver. All right. Until next time, stay secure.